You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? How we feeling, everyone? Welcome back to the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I'm alone today. I chose to be because I want to have a one-on-one with each of you on what's going on, right? there. There's a lot of narratives. There's a lot of things to talk about, and uh, today I'm just going to cut to it straight. I'm not excited about the Super Bowl. I'm borderline probably not going to watch it. That's how salty I am that the Buffalo Bills didn't make it. But there's a lot of good things to talk about, so we're gonna focus on that. You know, let's, let's let's just focus on the let's focus on the positive here, guys. I know we're still healing. I I know it's hard to uh, sit this weekend and just see a team that basically obliterated the Bills go against Tom Brady when it could have just been poetic justice for the Buffalo Bills to finally beat Tom Brady once and for all. But uh, you know, destiny's not treating the Bills that way. It is what it is. So. We're heartbroken, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. But I want to break something down real quick with you. A topic that may ruffle some feathers, but that's okay. Because the point I'm basically going to get to is that Josh Allen played good enough to get the Buffalo Bills to the Super Bowl. That's my belief. I'm going on the record saying I think that the Buffalo Bills blew it coaching-wise rather than with the players and personnel they had. I want, I want you to picture this, right? If the Kansas City Chiefs had Josh Allen, do they make the Super Bowl? I say yes. Now, if Patrick Mahomes is on the Buffalo Bills, do the Buffalo Bills this year make the Super Bowl? No. They don't. The Buffalo Bills had enough talent to make the Super Bowl this year. I think the planning in general was, I think they, they just they just got outcoached. And, you know, I am of the belief that I think Josh Allen does not have to make huge strides next year. I, I think he played well enough to get the Bills to the Super Bowl this year. Think about this. If the Buffalo Bills had Tyreek Hill, Edwards Alaire, Travis Kelsey, and Mr. Cheeseburger himself, Andy Reid. Does he make it to the big show? Yeah. Travis Kelsey is a future Hall of Famer. Tyreek Hill is a future Hall of Famer. Andy Reid is a future Hall of Famer. The Buffalo Bills coaching staff and team entirely do not have guaranteed Hall of Famers. So, I think next year, we just need development. I think next year, there needs to be a lot of hard questions addressed, right? 
I know we are in love with Dayball, but the Dayball blow the AFC championship for us? I don't know. That's a hard question. Maybe that's a hot take that eventually we're going to have to confront. I don't know. What I do know is they did not feel like the Buffalo Bills that we saw all year. And going into an offseason where, quite frankly, now we feel like we have a lot of question marks, one thing is for certain. Josh Allen played well enough to get the Buffalo Bills to the Super Bowl. I'm standing by that. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to blame this or blame that. We should have a running game. We should have this. No, like, it's like... (laughs) We beat a very, very good Colts defense. We beat a fantastic Baltimore defense. I I think we had everything we needed. And I think the Buffalo Bills coaching staff just laid an egg. How about we take this into the offseason? The Bills won their division, won two playoff games, and have a franchise quarterback. When's the last time the Buffalo Bills were able to say that? I can't remember because I was not born. So, fact of the matter is this. We need to figure out how to replicate a playoff defensive effort like what we saw in the beginning of that run. Then, we also are going to have to figure out who is replaceable and who isn't replaceable. Because I sure as hell think the Bills aren't going anywhere, (laughs) Um, you know, in the public eye as far as, you know, not being competitive. I think they're going to be competitive for many, many years to come. And yes, we're, I'm past the whole Matt Milano thing. I know we all are. It's one of those things I think eventually we're just going to have to swallow the pill. He's not coming. He's not coming back. Um, I'm there already mentally. I'm ready for it. And I almost feel like, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are at the point where they they maybe have their eye on someone or some particular situation where that position's going to be okay down the line. And then you got Feliciano and you got the right tackle position with Williams like it's uh I think that right there is just as important. You know, when the chips, you know, really fall and you know, my opinion has it's really started to dwindle down because I've become less emotional about it. And I'm realizing that there is, there is so much positive to take from this season that it's important to understand that the Buffalo Bills don't have to do anything dramatic. They don't, they don't have to make a blockbuster trade like they did for Stefan Diggs. Like, I think at the end of the day, it just comes to reevaluating. Like, like, look, Sean McDermott's first AFC championship head coaching was with the Buffalo Bills. Everyone wants to talk about, well, you know, he was with the Panthers and he has some experience. Not really. Preparing your, your team entirely to be ready for the moment, it's a lot. And, and your third-year quarterback to go mano-mano against a very good Kansas City Chiefs team, it's also a lot. And... You know, everyone, you can put a lot of, a lot of blame on Dable. No, at the end of the day, this is an entire coaching evaluation situation for the Buffalo Bills going forward. Uh, the personnel, I don't think it has to be dramatic. I think there are plenty of prospects going in this draft where we can plug and press and figure out and do whatever we want to uh, plug some holes up until we can figure out what we're going to be uh, officially defensively for the next couple of years, you know? Um, 
you think about one thing in particular, this is a passing league. And we do have gazelles as, you know, tight ends now. So you want to have a guy like Matt Milano. I totally understand. But the I, I do believe after doing some research that college football has been developing these guys to cover these kinds of tight ends. I'll just give you one example. Jabril Cox from LSU. 6'4", 230. He's very fast sideline to sideline. And, uh, you know, that's a guy right away that you can plug and play. Go. Get it done. If he fits the scheme well, we're good. You got to look at the whole situation as that position, like Matt Milano's position is, it's not normal for a linebacker to get very good in his first or second year. It typically takes that third or fourth year to really develop that position because there's not a lot demanded right away as much as it is demanded out of the middle, out of the middle linebacker with Tremaine Edmonds. So Tremaine Edmonds obviously is going to take, um, you know, more of a priority going forward. So you know, I just get this gut feeling that I think Sean McDermott and, and Brandon Bean have a plan at his position. It sucks. Look, guys, I've been having to swallow this pill over and over and over again, and I'm not happy about it. But I have come to terms that it's important to believe and trust that the Buffalo Bills have made very good decisions to get the Bills to this point, and I don't think they're going to fail us. I really think everything's going to be okay. (laughs) They figured out the quarterback position. We have a superstar at quarterback, a superstar at wide receiver. We have a superstar at cornerback. We have two amazing safeties. Uh, You know, we didn't have Star Latula last year. So there's, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of that. And it was a pandemic. I mean, the fact that the players got this far with everything going on, getting, you know, swabbed in their nostrils over and over and over, keeping the mental toughness and everyone uh, sticking together and, you know, to go 13 and three, like this is no joke. This is a team that is ready to make strides in the future. And I'm super excited about it. So I also want to establish something real quick. You know, we got the draft and all these things going on with the off season and re-signing. Look, I want to talk about this point, um, surrounding obviously the topic of, you know, that Josh Allen played well enough, right? We need to focus on how we can upgrade what we can do for the, you know, for the rest of the team. Uh, to surround him with better talent, to surround him, uh, you know, to get to that next step, you know, getting an AFC championship win. So first of all, let's establish that a running game isn't fixed by just having an amazing running back. A lot of it does go on your offensive line. Obviously. I know Shady McCoy back in the day said, you know, he made his offensive line look good, whatever have you. Shady McCoy is very rare and I do not want to build my team around Shady McCoy. That's just not a running back I believe I could trust long-term, ball security, you name it. Uh, an amazing running back. I think he did, he did great things in Philly, but I think at some point you want someone who can just stick to the game plan. I think that was something a guy like him really, you know, you hit a brick wall with. So I don't think we need this shifty, crazy, whatever situation of a running back position. Uh, you know, I'm of the belief of this going into the draft. Unless Harris is there for the Bills, I'm trading back. I'm trading back. I think it's very possible to have someone drop to the second, third, fourth uh, round that, that can really just probably outplay Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Let me give you a couple examples. Not even just dropping, you know, in the, in the second, third, or fourth. Undrafted running backs. Priest Holmes. Remember him? Yeah. 
Arian Foster, both of those guys undrafted. Willie Parker, undrafted. Oh, and by the way, legend star running back from the Denver Broncos, Terrell Davis in the sixth round. We do not need to prioritize a number one pick on a running back unless we are absolutely in love with him. The only reason I am on the Harris wagon is because I think he can make a direct impact. But I am of the belief that we have plenty of options, plenty of situations, and I'm going to tell you right now, if Harris isn't there, I'm trading back, I'm, I'm boosting up the offensive line. You know, you got Cody Ford coming off an injury. You don't, you don't know who you're going to be able to resign at guard, right tackle. It's, it's a big question mark. And you don't, we honestly have no idea. Look, I give up speculating and, and believing and whatever. Look, we don't know who is prioritized to re-sign with the cap number this year. For all we know, it'll just be one and done, get rid of the rest, and we're just going to have to deal with whoever drops into free agency or you know who's left there in the draft. So, look, we have to stay focused in this offseason of understanding that it is not normal to get a quarterback that makes a leap like Josh Allen. That makes <laughs> that makes Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's job a billion times easier. Do you remember, just go back a couple of years, right, where we had, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor had so much talent around him. EJ Manuel had a lot of talent around him. Like, you look back at the teams that we've had, and there was it's easy to upgrade around a quarterback, but it's very difficult to have a quarterback that's just awesome to make everyone else better around him. Gabe Davis wouldn't have seen the light of day this season if it wasn't for Josh Allen. There are plenty of times where, you know, Josh Allen just made an amazing throw, and, and yes, he became Mr. Toe Tap in the process, which is awesome. And, you know, I, I just don't think... There has to be this dramatic, you know, just transformation of the roster. And, and this, this is the point I'm getting to. Like, I know a lot of people want to see these dramatic moves and whatever. There's so much more that goes into just having an amazing quarterback and people who just fit the system well. And I think that's something that the Patriots had done for so long. They never had amazing players. They just had a quarterback that made them even better than they were. Julian, Julian Edelman, nowhere to be found. Gronkowski, if he, was still, if, if he was still in New England, he would be nowhere to be found without Tom Brady. So, you know, it's something to think about, right? And this is why I'm going back to this point. Let's circle back here, guys. Follow me. Josh Allen had, I think, just as good of a season as Patrick Mahomes. All right, they're going to look sexier in different ways because of who's surrounding them. This was Josh Allen's first year with Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs led the receiving position. He took the crown, I mean, for God's sakes, in his first year in Buffalo. You can't make it up. Then you got the cheetah over with Mahomes. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Tyreek Hill. And you sure as hell know what's going to happen with Travis Kelsey if you want to just throw zone around him. We paid the price for that. So, look, Patrick Mahomes is going to look way different than Josh Allen. They, they work in two different systems. We're not throwing motion as much as they are. We're trusting our receivers to get separation. And, you know, unfortunately, the Bills season hit a dramatic halt 
because of that. The wide receivers just were not getting open. They couldn't get separation. It was embarrassing. And on the other side, you got Tyreek Hill running around like O.J. Simpson, you know, doing whatever the heck he wanted to our defense. He's too fast. He's too quick off the line, and he's burning everybody. (laughs) So, look, fact of the matter is we need to believe and understand that the Buffalo Bills are still going to be a top-four team next year. Yes, teams are locked and loaded, and you know they're reloading. They're ready for next year. And it's funny because if, if we talk about Deshaun Watson for a second, isn't it wild to see the truth of how true it is that this is a quarterback-driven league? Wherever Deshaun Watson goes, he will literally change the NFL. If he goes to the AFC East, let's, for example, say the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I am believing that it's very possible they could be a very strong threat, if not take the AFC East crown from the Buffalo Bills next year. Tua Tagovailoa has a lot of promise. I think he was thrown into a very awkward situation with Ryan Fitzpatrick where they wouldn't let him finish off games. And I think that really did something to his confidence. And in my opinion, really made me see Brian Flores in a different light. But if you plug Deshaun Watson into that team, my God, my God, any, any team except the Buffalo Bills, of course, I am not on the Josh Allen, you know, Nick Wright trade situation. I'm not, I'm not for that at all. You know, at the end of the day, what I am looking at is I look at the same effect Josh Allen could have. What if Josh Allen demanded a trade, went anywhere else? Would he affect the league just as much? Hell yeah. After this year, hell yeah. You can put money on that. And you should feel prideful as a Bills fan that that is something to appreciate now. Like, when Tyrod Taylor left, we weren't thinking that Tyrod Taylor was going to go to Miami or he was going to go here, go there, and just terrorize the Bills whenever he plays us. No. We knew that Tyrod Taylor hit his ceiling. Josh Allen, <laughs> my goodness. He hasn't, I feel like he hasn't even jumped off the ground yet. I feel like he, he got into the league. He's crawling. He started to learn how to, how to jog. Now he's running. And now... I think next year we're going to see a true veteran badass at quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. It's awesome. It's great. So yeah, that's where I stand. That's what I believe the Bills have right now. A Super Bowl caliber team. Now, I'm saying this with the belief that, you know, coaching staff figures some things out. And we plug and play with different positions to see how we can upgrade. CB2 is an issue. You know, I also think that uh, we need to have quicker cornerbacks if we're going to compete against the Chiefs, right? So that's another thing to look into this draft. It's not just a running back. Defensively, we got torched. We tried to play man-to-man. We tried to go zone. And, you know, things just weren't working. Now, I, am, I argue the idea of the tendencies in that game. I think we should have 
uh, manned up, you know, Travis Kelsey a lot more. But needless to say, like having a faster cornerback who can keep up with very speedy wide receivers, at least give them some trouble, or even just bump them strong off the line, something like that, I think really, you know, goes a long way for you. Tredavious White had his hands full. I agree with that point. Now, going into this offseason, let us remember that at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills did not reach the AFC Championship by mistake. They fought through a lot of adversity. That Chiefs and Titans loss back-to-back, that could have literally derailed this team. And it brought them closer together. We almost swept the division that everyone was terrified to play this year, the NFC West. Given Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there, you know, George Kittle, totally respect them. And I understand that would have been a way more competitive game. Possibly gone down to the wire. Maybe the Bills lose. I don't know. But we go toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson. We still beat, we still beat uh, you know, the LA Rams, and they were locked and loaded, ready to go. However you want to talk about Jared Goff, at the beginning of the season, people were not writing him off. Hail Murray away from, you know, <laughs> going on a, a gajillion win streak there. So, look, at the end of the day, the Bills made noise that we had not seen since the 90s. And going into this draft, going into this offseason, salary cap where it's at, do not panic. Be calm and believe. Thank you guys for listening. Just my short take. You know, I'm on my own. I'm not jibber-jabbering back and forth with somebody else, but next week, I'm going to have Dan Mitchell. We might get into a little heated debate. You know how it goes. It gets a little fiery sometimes. He's my brother. I can't wait. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, on the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Enjoy your weekend. I know the Bills aren't in the Super Bowl, but enjoy your weekend. Believe for the future that greater things are still to come. And the Buffalo Bills are here to stay. Go Bills.